It is Thursday, December 8th. I'm Scott Sidon. And I'm A.J. Hoffman. Thursday Night Football will kick off week 14 in the NFL. And a couple major moves in Major League Baseball. Here comes the Vegas truth. This is straight out of Vegas. We are straight out of Vegas AM, your daily destination for sports conversation with a Vegas lean. Here's what you need to know to start your day. The Raiders go to L.A. to take on the Rams in Thursday night football. Aaron Judge, still a Yankee, nine years, $360 million. And Xander Bogarts to the Padres. What is the Vegas lead, Scott? We'll start with the football, and the reason why I say football, AJ, is because joining us here this morning is the only two-time winner of the Super Contest. He is Steve Fezzik. Good morning, Fez. I won that South Point twice as well. Yeah, well. With the Hall of Famers? (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for being here as always. Uh, There's so much to talk about in the NFL as, uh, you know, we have, This entire week, which is, we're getting down to it, right? The final quarter of the season, if you will. Thursday Night Football tonight, it's an interesting game. Raiders and the Rams. The Rams, maybe Baker plays? I don't don't know, AJ, do you think Baker plays tonight? I wouldn't be surprised given the the stakes, which are low for the Rams right Mm -hmm. now. And it feels like they, if you've got them, you might as well try it because otherwise Bryce Perkins is not going to be the answer. So I, it, it wouldn't shock me at all if, if Baker gets out there and plays tonight. I do think they'd be better off this game playing Perkins. I agree. But, but, I, I agree. but they've got nothing to lose. I agree that player evaluation and the like, hey, let's get let's see what Baker could do potentially. Although I, I still think well, well, we'll see how it goes ahead and plays out. But um, Rams are a team that um, – Boy, I don't know. If we've ever seen this, you know, Super Bowl champ. That's we, mailing we have in. never seen this. Yes. We've never seen a Super Bowl champion fall this far. So Raiders are six and a half point favorites tonight. That six and a half is at minus one fifteen. Do we think we get to seven by the time this thing kicks off, Fez? Oh, I think so. And I think the number one handicap I'd have on this game would be that I know the game is at LA. This is going to be a pro Raider crowd. In fact, I'm going to set yeah, the over under. 100%. of yeah. the fans, Raider fans, are going to go over or under. Yeah, I said 75-25 on SOVAM a couple days ago when you, when you mentioned that, and I, I think that's probably the case. It and might be more of, than that. And the Raiders fans, as they after do to do, are, will be louder mm-hmm. than the Rams fans. Do the Raiders count as maybe a teaser candidate? Yeah, it's a great question because, like, all they got to do is win, right? Yeah. So let's tease the Raiders down to minus a half and, and let's put them in with something else. And mathematically, it actually is better to play right now the Raiders on the money line. And here's why. When you play a two-team teaser, six points, each leg you're essentially laying minus 280. What do I mean by that? So if you go ahead and you're playing a minus 120, you start with $120. Because you risk a 120 to win 100 on a teaser, yes. Right, but you're really risking 120 to win, and you divide by 2.8, and that's what you win, whether it's $50 or whatever mm-hmm, the exact mm-hmm. amount is. Boom, you add it to the 170, then the first leg cashes, then if you reinvested it at minus 280, that whole 170 on the second leg, you'd wind up with 220, all right? So you'd wind up winning 100 on your 120 investment. But the first leg, you're absolutely, you're thinking, oh, I don't want to lay minus you know, a big amount of the money line. Well, guess what? By putting in a teaser, 
you're actually laying more. You're effectively laying minus 280 on this Raider game. So if you're going to play the money line, you just want the Raiders to win. If you could find a money line, which you should be able to do at a cheaper price, say minus 255, that is the better way to invest on the Raiders. So let's, just win that, the game. let's work this out mechanically, though, because here's, an, here, here's how we can play it out. Raiders right now are minus 255. If I risk $120, my return is going to be 167. Okay? That's, That's what my you'll return. get back. That's what I'll get the back. The full amount back. The full amount. Mm-hmm. Now my second leg of the teaser would be the Eagles, let's say, who are seven-point okay. favorites. Eagles are minus 305. So if I bet my 167, my return is 221. So my original $120 investment actually won me hundred and one point seventy five. So, so instead it, of winning a hundred, <laughs> you win a little over one oh one. So you make it one more dollar, but you get the added bonus. The Eagles could win by one. And if the Eagles win true. by yes. one, you win your money line parlay, but you don't win mm-hmm. your teaser. Now that's just doing it one way. You could do just a money line parlay. The two legs right now would be minus one nineteen, so it's a little less than risking the minus one twenty. So now as far as the two money line parlays, I would strongly discourage you not to invest that way. And here's why. You'd Do rather I, do what I just did before, the me- mechanical way, just risk yeah, the minus 255. Yeah, just lay line. the 255. Don't think you can magically, by parlay two, parlaying two money lines together, get out of the vig. You're laying minus 255. That's fine. Take your $120. If that's your normal bet size. Risk it minus the 255. It, cash the ticket. And guess what you get to do now? If you like the Eagles on the money line, now you can shop because you might – now you got instead of having to bet it at one shop, um, both of the legs of the money that's, line are like that's a great point. Now we can go maybe we find a minus two eighty on and the then, Eagles down and the then, road, and now you're winning more than what your late minus one twenty would have won. Instead of winning a dollar seventy five more, you can might win ten dollars more. You might win twenty dollars more. You might and, win thirty dollars. And the Eagles are perfectly fine to use in a six and a half point teaser. All right, down to minus a half or a six point teaser down to minus one. The bargain here. Is that you don't you well the, the where it's really expensive you don't want to tease the Raiders right now you want to just play the money line the Eagles you can always just put them in teasers with some other stuff like Baltimore. Here's my question though, I, and I thought and maybe I'm mistaken. You correct me if I'm wrong. I thought you said before the one time it is acceptable to tease a team at six and a half is if you know it's going to go to seven. It is acceptable, however, it's not optimal because it's the same bet minus a half on. The teaser is the same bet as the money line, and I can play the money line minus 255. So if I know it's going to seven, which I'm not, I'm not certain, it's a good chance that it does. The money line, all signs point to the money line. In fact, you know what? I'm going to break from normal. Um, I'm going to give out the Raiders minus the 255, the road team, because they're not really the road team, as my best bet on this game right now. Wow. Money line. And this is something that I mean, you you are a big advocate of this. Like that, Joe Joe Blow, who's walking up to the sports book, doesn't like to bet. He likes to wager a little money to win a to lot. Win a lot of money, yeah, yeah. But Fez is like the number one advocate of if you really believe this is the way. And he tells me this with my UFC bets. When he get when he plays my UFC bets, he doesn't play the props. He doesn't play. So and so wins inside the distance. So and so wins no, by decision. If you, like, if you like the minus four hundred favorites, he says, "Give me, give me, the, give me it straight." Unless uh, the guy's named Jan. Yeah, and then it's not a good idea because the judges are crooked. They, yeah, they will screw him. The, you know, I, I like my, the Raiders money line. I think I'll, I'll jump on board. With you that. know, pulling back the curtain, one of the things I really like too is like if I like like in college basketball, if I like a twelve point favorite, for instance, all right, 
And they're down at half, and they're trailing, like, by 10 points. And it's just been three-point shooting variance. Their opponents have shot lights out. And I like them for the game, and I haven't seen anything to change my opinion. And Well, then the second half, they're going to be laying, you know, like, seven points, right? Eight points, nine points, get, get sped up. Oftentimes, I'll play a big money line the second half because I'll be like, you know what? Unless I was completely wrong on my handicap, they're going to make this a game, and they're certainly going to easily cover the second half money line and lose. You know, they might lose the game, but they're going to win the second half. Here's my worry about the Raiders, and I feel like everyone's very excited about the Raiders right now. And to some point, it makes sense. The Raiders are, are certainly look like a different team right now. Three wins in a row. Who's the best team they've beat in this three three week run? Yeah, Chargers. Chargers, maybe Seattle. You probably have. Do you have Seattle power rate higher? Yeah, they're they're the same. Okay, Seattle, Denver. Char- at Seattle's probably the best win of the three because they beat yeah, the Chargers on the road. Home. Yeah, and if you go back, the three games before that, they played three teams that you would think the Raiders have no business losing to. Yeah, and went zero and three against the Saints, twenty four nothing by the way, the Jags and the Colts. This Raiders team feels like. It's with the wind if you're going to get good Raiders or bad Raiders. That's what scares me about the Raiders and makes me like the money. That's why having the home field advantage, the crowd, I think is huge. I could see them coming up completely empty if they're going in some kind of hostile environment, even in Denver, for instance. But the fact that they're going, that they're going to be playing in front of so many fans, I'm worried about the double overtime wins and a little bit, you know, travel carrying a lot of um, exhaustion into the game potentially, but the fact that they're winning each game and they need each game like blood and the Rams, they won the Super Bowl. Scott, they don't care. Yeah, it's over. This yeah. run's over. I, I, I'd i be shocked if the Raiders don't win this one tonight. I really would. And I, I, I'm willing to lay it on the money line because I think that this is a Raiders win. It might not be pretty just because of everything that you're saying, AJ, but this if you want to talk about riding the win, the, the Raiders are going in the right direction right now. Yeah. And the Rams are going against it. So, but isn't that like, doesn't this speak to the opposite of what we say all the time about buying low and selling high? If you like the Raiders right now, you're buying at the highest the Raiders have been this season. If you're selling the chart or the, the Rams, you are selling them at the lowest they have been this season. Am I wrong on either of those things? No, but maybe maybe last week was the time to play the Rams because the money was coming in on them and people couldn't explain it and they wind up putting up a really good fight against the Seahawks because but then be, losing. Because they weren't going with Perkins. They went with their they went with John Wolford. Wolford, which is like a point and a half upgrade. That, yeah. that, that's why we saw that line go from eight down to six. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is the bottom of the Rams. This is the Oh, I'm gonna disagree. Okay. I am strongly going to disagree. We have not come close to what is it? The okay. Nader, the Nader of the Rams, the power rating in the Rams, <laughs> uh, post Christmas, like like New Year's resolution. I will make the Rams uh, power rating lower. Okay. I should have said it this way. This is the lowest we have seen the Rams this season. The Rams will. That I agree with. Okay. Th- yes. So I, I do agree. The Ram- and honestly, the Rams, as they're currently constructed, they may be the only team who can push the Texans for worst team in the league. Doesn't this feel like in Wall Street, though, you're trying to catch the falling knife? That's the falling knife. When yep. uh, with the Rams, where they're like similar to where the Giants were last year, that this this is just a lost season. It's just mm-hmm. going to keep the downward spiral, if you will. Yeah, and and the fact that it is the Raiders in that stadium 
it's going to be like a home game. For, you're right. It's a home game for the Raiders. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, It I sounds th- like you guys are in on it. I'm scared. Uh, no. Just go ahead and paint me, and, and tomorrow when we do the show, you guys can laugh at me. I'm not scared. AJ, I'm not scared. just take your little finger and click money line. Raiders. I'm doing it. I'm not doing it. I'm, you I'm know why it. you should do it? Because like right before they kick off and this line is like plus seven, lay five. If you, I mean, it, like I'm going to forecast that the money just keeps coming on the Raiders. You're, you want to get something down on the Raiders now. Now, damn it. Now, before Putting like the in. public gets a hold of this and moves it even further. And then you can't. Play. The Raiders have lost games to the Cardinals, Saints. Jags and Colts this season, they can lose to anybody on any given. I, I'm not asking they them could. any given Thursday. They could, but they're going to win the game three quarters of the time, and I'm laying minus two fifty five. Oh, look at this cockroach! He moved it on you. Mm-hmm. Hmm. <laughs> look at that cockroach. Cockroaches. That's that's that's, that, that's why minus two eighty five. You know what? Well, now the teaser's better. Because <laughs> yeah, now, now you're late minus 280 on the teaser. <laughs> so take everything I just said, and if you see a money line higher than 280, and just go ahead and dump it. Uh, cockroaches. And let's talk about, and this is something while we've got you here, Fez, let's talk about other potential teaser legs this week. And there's, I think there's some solid ones. Uh, I, I think Minnesota, now that they're a two-and-a-half-point dog, it feels like Minnesota's a team, a team that's, I mean, they were, they're winning every game close. It feels like that game could be a very close game. The math geeks will support the Wong teaser of Minnesota 2.5 to 8.5. I'm going to go ahead and veto it myself. I okay. think Minnesota could get absolutely crushed in this game. At 10-2, and two, everything is broken right for them. The analytics are poor for the Vikings. They're very good in close games. This one, they could be in trouble in. Baltimore fits the uh, advantage teaser uh, scenario, being two and a half point dogs. And now again, that one I that's, like a lot. That series is always close. Games. Exactly. These get the, a, a Raven Steelers game is going to be decided within the touchdown. And right here in Las Vegas, uh, Caesars has plus three on Baltimore. I played Baltimore in seven point teasers, getting them up to plus ten. If um, if they lose by ten. By the Vegas rules on teasers, it will be irrelevant what the second leg will do, and I'll get my money back. So get, getting the plus 10, like Scott said, on two teams that always play close games was very attractive. And then me. the last uh, last one that fits into the Wong uh, range would be Monday Night Football, Arizona, teasing up to 7.5 from 1.5, which I've got no interest in because I, I think Arizona's a dead cat right now. Um, yeah, but you can be a dead cat and still lose by 7 points or Not 6 Not the Texans. Points. I would, the, yeah, the, the, whatever you do, don't tease the Texans from 16 and a half up to 22 and a half. You don't trust that? Huh? I, uh, yeah, ask, ask Indy how the super pleaser plus 24 and a half or whatever, you know, I, you know, actually they, you know, money came on the Colts, so they closed 10 and a half. So they, yeah, all bets on the Colts lose. What about a six and a half point teaser? With the Chiefs down from nine to two and a half. Yeah, I'm all I'm I'm good with the six and a half point teaser with with Kansas City. You you want to mix and match your 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 teasers properly, so you need a good partner to to tease it. You know, I'm okay with teasing the Eagles from seven down to a half. I'm and okay with, with that. You could do Buffalo. Uh, oh, yeah, as long as, yeah. Now, real important, if you're playing teasers and you're teasing something down to minus three. You you just ties go, win has to be in play right you, you, yeah and there are no ties t- ties push excuse no me. no they, they forget the ties push the, uh, the no, no um, you have to get minus two and a half I don't care if, what the rules are on ties unless it's ties win you never ever and we don't have time to go through all the math go reach um, Stanford Wong's sharp sports betting is an entire chapter on teasers 
the greatest bettors in the world could not win, teasing to a minus three. You need to win when a favorite wins by three. You got to get it down to minus two and a half. Look no further than Buffalo in their three-point win where they uh, were vo- against Detroit, where they almost lost. The Let game. me ask you about uh, on a seven-point teaser, and I think there's some like obviously Buffalo would be perfect for that to go from nine and a half to two and a half. Is this would it be crazy? And I know this isn't Wong. You're probably going to say this is Dumbo. It's Dumbo. It's not Wong. That's right. Go ahead. The Cowboys from 16 and a half to nine and a half. Yeah, you don't want to do that. That's that's a dumb. And, and the, the reason is obviously it's like, oh, well, that's going to win most of the time. Yeah, like it's going to win 73% of the time. It's just not enough. And the reason being is that the, the, the Cowboys have to win by 10 to 16 points 25% of the time because you're paying for all this extra mm-hmm. vig because you got to win two, two games. And look no further than like that Indianapolis Dallas game. Mm-hmm. Indy could have lost by two. They, more likely, they could have lost by five, or they could lose by thirty. I mean, there's such a wide variance. It's extremely unlikely that the game lands ten through sixteen in that corridor because because yeah, you only just have lay the sixteen with the Cowboys. You only have two yeah. good numbers, ten and fourteen. It's not going to land eleven, twelve, thirteen, fifteen, sixteen. Those are all dead numbers. That's a fair point. Well, Fez, thanks so much as always for helping us uh, preview Thursday night. Well, football. I'm not going anywhere. I got I got it. Go ahead and ask you guys, the college experts with the college knowledge, bowl games, Iowa, Kentucky. I thought Army-Navy would be the lowest total at 32 <laughs> because every Armed Force game goes under, obviously. But Iowa-Kentucky has surpassed them. They're at 31, and I get it, Kentucky without their quarterback, but yeah. still. You know what? Both teams, no offense, great defense. Both teams have a month to fix this malady. I'm playing over 31. Talk me out of it, boys. Uh, I just we've seen Kentucky being the Kentucky is the worst offensive team in the SEC. Iowa is the worst offensive team in the Big Ten. Now you take away Kentucky's first round draft pick quarterback. I don't I don't know who scores and running back Kavarcia Smoke. Yeah, I don't I don't know who scores more than 17 points, Fez. I I don't I don't like the over. The only thing that I could say is that. It's a bowl game that, you know, it means nothing. Just throw caution to the wind and how about a little fleet flicker, halfback pass, do something, go for it on a fourth down. Let's just let's, let, let's think, I only let's think about it this way. 13, 13. Think yeah. about it this way. And I win. Last, 13 all. There's no, last there's no year, overtime, there's no overtime. Oh, there's, there's no overtime? Uh, well, they're not going to play for overtime. Nobody. They're, they're going to go for it or whatever. No, yeah, the, nobody's yeah. going to be like. Uh, no one's going to be. I'm going to kick the. Extra somebody's going to go for two, it, like yeah. first time. It, it could be 13-13 midway through the third quarter. Oh, well, that's when we true. Get to overtime. Yeah, here I'll say this: these two teams played in the Citrus Bowl last year, and this was before guys were sitting out. It was a 20 to 17 game. Ooh, who won? Uh, Kentucky won. Oh, do you think that revenge matters? Uh, I don't. Hmm. I don't. I don't. I don't think anybody. I, I think more and more people who are playing in these games. Don't give a shit about these games. Like they, they become unless you're in the playoff, these games are basically meaningless. Well, if I was Iowa's coach, I would do something about the offense. I would spend well, they more did. time. They got a well, coming in next year. <laughs> well, here's the problem. When your son is the OC, ooh, there's only so much you can do, right? Mm. Makes sense. Thanks, Fez. Thank you. <sighs> again, <laughs> AJ, every Yankees fan. Again, let me just let me just <sighs> Those are the sighs of relief as the Aaron Judge free agency saga comes to a close. Judge and the New York Yankees agree on a nine-year, 360 
million dollar contract. Judge remains in pinstripes. And this was reported really early yesterday morning. So it was after we had already finished the podcast. I think John Morosi uh, of the MLB Network had it out at 8 8 something a.m. Eastern time. We publish at, you know, what, 5, 445, 5 a.m. Eastern time. So uh, this had already come out. Uh, So I'm sure plenty of people reacted to it all day yesterday. This is our chance to kind of talk about it. I was never in doubt. I I never doubted it for one second, AJ. I know people want to talk about San Francisco and and, uh, maybe San Diego at the last minute tried to to have a, a push to sign Judge. The Yankees could not afford, and it's funny saying the word afford with the Yankees, they could not afford to lose this player. Yeah, I mean, not only from a an on-field standpoint, but because last season created such a... 62 home runs. He is, that record is, he's the face, not only just the face of the franchise, but he's the face of home runs in Major League Baseball. Yeah, yeah I mean, it was almost like they had to have him attached to their brand, and if they didn't... Honestly, it would have felt like a lessened record, at least for for Yankees. I know that sounds crazy, but you're right. Because he hit 62 home runs last year, and then this year he's playing for the San Diego Padres. It's like the record's out of sight, out of mind. It's like it's a forgotten thing. But the, the fact that he remains a Yankee, it's all part of his Yankee lore. And... Say what you will. You could be a Yankee hater or not, but it is the most storied franchise in all of professional sports. And to have him remain a part of it from day one till the day that he retires, they had to have locked this guy up. Yeah. So uh, they do the right thing for their team, like I said, for their fan base, but also for their team on the field. Like, I I don't know how you replace that production. I've said before, maybe next year, if they don't sign Judge, maybe next year they make a big play for Otani which mm. I, I think would have been the best possible replacement for him. Sure. But now you don't have to do that. And, I mean, now if you if you do that, oh, my God. Well, you can still go after that, of course. But I think that for this this upcoming season, a season where it felt like the Yankees were on the doorstep, if they lost Aaron Judge, it would have felt like two steps back. 100%. And, and you know, the Astros are losing some things, too. Everybody has has catching up to do to the Astros. The Astros losing a player isn't enough to say, well, everybody's better now. Like, these teams had to keep their guys yeah. and, and improve. Kudos to the Yankees for, for ponying up and making it happen. And sticking in the American League East, the Red Sox have made some big-time moves. They've come to an agreement with closer Kenley Jansen on a two-year $32 million deal. As a Yankee fan, I mean, maybe I'm excited about that because Kenley Jansen had his yeah. certain fair share of struggles. But the Red Sox also dished out $105 million in order to bring in Japanese outfielder Masataka Yoshida, who at 29 years old last year posted a slash line of 335, 447, 561 with 21 homers, 80 walks, and only 41 strikeouts in 508 appearances last year for the Oryx Buffaloes uh, over in Japan. I don't care if you want to call Japan quadruple A, as a lot of people do. You strike out 41 times in 508 plate appearances in the second best professional baseball league in the yeah. world. Dude, that's that's incredible. Only Luis Arise of the Twins 
He was the only player in Major League Baseball this season that had a lower strikeout rate than what Yoshida did in Japan last season. That's wild. Yeah. This guy could have a major impact on the at the top of the, the Red Sox lineup, and they're going to need it because they lose Xander Bogarts. They have let their shortstop walk. Xander Bogarts and the Padres agree to an 11-year, $280 million deal. Boy, the Padres are spending, and it certainly looks like um, – they are, or they have, their Fernando Tatis replacement. Assuming that he has to be replaced permanently, I, I, I mean, either way, you, I mean, it's not out of the realm of possibility. Those well, two you guys got a can guy play together. He missed the entire season because of injuries, plus the eighty-game suspension for testing positive for PEDs. But eventually, these two guys are going to be on the field together. Yeah, and you know that's the I, I give a lot of uh, credit to the Padres who. It feels like five years ago were considered a small market baseball team. Mm-hmm. They didn't want to spend. And they have thrown all caution to the wind. Have not Usually when teams do this, when quote-unquote small market teams spend like this and don't get the right results, you see them pull back real quick. The Padres haven't gotten the results, and they keep spending. They're like, okay, if we're, we're going to chase this money, chase this money. I kind of give them credit. I don't know if it'll work. But I give them credit for continuing to take shots at big time players. So here's their projected lineup. Uh, if you just look at just position wise, not batting order, but Austin Ola at catcher, Jake Cronenworth at first, Hassong Kim at second, Bogarts at short, Machado at third, Juan Soto in right field, Trent Grisham at center, and Tatis in left field. That's wild. And again, you won't have a full season of that. Yeah. That's pretty ridiculous. It though. is really ridiculous. It, it makes this team is certainly going to be one to uh, contend in the National League for sure. So we're monitoring everything that's going on right now at the uh, winter meetings. Also, just a couple of minor moves, if you will, and then call it minor. Whatever. Did you even it is. mention Will Myers? No. Is he is he off the team? Uh, I don't know what Will Myers' contract status is. Or, or I, guess, I mean, I guess at a minimum, he's Will a free Myers. agent. Okay. okay. Yeah. So I just mentioned who's under contract for now. Okay. Uh, but Wilson Contreras and the Cardinals reach a five-year, $87 million deal. Contreras spent the past 14 years with the Chicago Cubs. So uh, he is, I guess, their replacement for Yadier Molina. They get Wilson Contreras now. Uh, it's going to be weird not having Yadi there anymore, but. You know, hey, father time catches up to all of us. Uh, The Braves get former uh, all-star reliever Joe Jimenez from the Tigers. A little move there. The Mets actually made a move. The Mets signed Jose Quintana. He was a, a, a strong lefty that, you know, when he got traded to the Cardinals, did really well um, for them. And so he gets $26 million as the Mets continue to make over their rotation after losing Jacob deGrom. You're looking at a a one, two, three combo here of Scherzer, Verlander, and Jose Quintana. It's pretty good. Pretty strong. Carlos Carrasco also, because his option was picked up. The Mets could trade Carrasco if they wanted to, but Carrasco's option was picked up, and they still got guys like Tyler McGill and, and David Peterson. Um, but they, this is a, a nice a nice move for the Mets. Uh, Jamison Tyone is a guy that you know was was 
being linked because he played for the Yankees. Maybe he could have played for the Mets. Jamison Tyone, though, does agree to a deal with the Chicago Cubs. So that's the latest moves at the Major League Baseball winter meetings. The Yankees have to go get some pitching, right? Yes. I mean, you can say losing Tyone is not a big deal. He was pretty good for them last year, way better than I think anybody yeah. expected coming into the season and ended up being one of the few guys in that pitching rotation that was able to stay mostly healthy, mm-hmm. uh, which that's maybe an even bigger surprise. So I think the Yankees have to go out and find some kind of real pitching. Yeah, what they're going to have to do is, you know, I, Carlos Rodon's the guy. He's still available, and he's the biggest name out there right now I think that the Yankees could bring in. Uh, so I would say Carlos Rodon – is the next move for the Yankees to make. And then you're looking at a rotation, you know. I mean, Nestor Cortez is still there, and 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 obviously Garrett Cole and the Yankees will probably roll out, you know, I, I mean, Severino and and Frankie Montas, and, and we'll see what happens here. Uh, if they should bring in, like, a guy like Carlos Rodon, that's certainly who I think the Yankees should go after. Exciting stuff on the ice last night, AJ. Sabres forward Tage Thompson tied a franchise record five goals in a single game. The dude had a hat trick in the first period as the Sabres absolutely annihilated the Blue Jackets. And I had major FOMO of not betting this. (laughs) 9-4 was the final. It was 6-0 Buffalo after the first period. Now, I bet against Columbus two days ago. I think it was Tuesday night when uh, they lost to the Penguins. And the reason why I bet against them is because their defense stinks, their goaltending, Elvis Merzlikens, the the worst, not one of. He is the worst goaltender in the NHL. The only reason I didn't bet this game last night is because it was not Merzlikens starting. It was Corpi Asalo. Corpi Asalo gives up three goals on the first nine shots. And next thing you know, who's in net? And so what did they do? They pulled him. They pulled him. And they put in Merzlikens. And Merzlikens allowed six goals on 21 shots. Oh, my God. At this point, I just feel bad, right? Like, this is just, ugh. I don't know what to do anymore. Um, their next game, by the way, is coming up on Friday. So that's tomorrow. And that's against Calgary. I, I they got to go back to Corpusalo, right? Because Merzlikens now played two games in a row because uh, he played the majority of this game against Buffalo. But with this poor goaltending and Calgary, a team that has a pretty decent offense, Calgary's won three straight. Oh, man, that is going to be uh, a juicy one to take a look at. But we got games tonight to look at first, AJ. Can't get ahead of ourselves here. Let's look but I'm ahead. Like, but it's like I'm like Fez. I'm like trying to bet the games from next week already. <laughs> uh, here, here's the schedule for tonight. It's not a long one, but here's what we got. Predators are at the Lightning. Tampa Bay minus 205 with a total of six. Kings are up in Toronto to take on the Maple Leafs. Leafs are minus 178, total six and a half. The Panthers are home finally. Seemed like they were on the road forever. And and what do you feel about a team playing their first home game after a long road trip, AJ? Is that a is that like normally a fade spot for you? Do you no, not I like? I tend to think it's a good thing. I, you like that spot? I think in the NFL, I looked at, at Buffalo three weeks in a row. They've been away from home. Mm-hmm. You finally you're back to your routine. You're you're feeling and especially if you play well 
on that three game road trip. If you're mm. if you go zero and three, I don't know if your home crowd's going to be as welcoming. You go three and one, three and zero, oh, two and one. The home crowd will treat you right. Yeah. So the the the, the Panthers had their Pacific Northwest slash Western Canada road trip. They started in Edmonton. They went from Edmonton to Calgary to Vancouver, to Seattle, to Winnipeg. Ooh. And over the course of that road trip, they went two and three. Now they uh, the last game was Tuesday night. They come home, and they'll play tonight here against Detroit uh, before traveling to Tampa, which is not far, for the next game. So uh, that's what's going on with the Panthers. Some people say Tampa's in South Florida. I believe it's Central Florida, but some people think it's South Florida. Well, Sunrise is, I guess... <laughs> Central Florida, right? I don't know. I don't know about Sunrise's geography. I do know Tampa. Well, Sunrise, Florida is like, um, yeah, it's kind of like Fort Lauderdale. So I guess that's south. That's way south of of Tampa. It's got to be south then. So the University of South Florida might as well be there. Might be south central. (laughs) No, it's southeastern. (laughs) It's it's all the way, yeah. Uh, Let's talk about the Jets are at the Blues. Winnipeg minus 115 with a total of six. Always watch the goaltender matchup here because Connor Hellebuck right now is ranked as the highest rated goaltender in the NHL. He's hella good. He is hella good. Hellebuck is having a tremendous season, and he has come on as of late. He leads the NHL in goals saved above expected. So uh, keep an eye on who's going to be in net for always for both of these teams. Um, Hellebuck has played two games in a row. This would be a third start in a row. Uh, It is a first of a back-to-back, so maybe he plays tonight and then sits tomorrow night in Chicago, or maybe he sits tonight and plays tomorrow night in Chicago. Who knows? So monitor what's going on with the Winnipeg Jets. And finally, the Senators at the Stars, Dallas minus 190, total of six and a half. Chris Paul returned last night playing for the first time in a month as uh, he had that heel injury when um, I were guess they on he, the road. He left the game against the Sixers. Were they on the road last night? Yeah. No, they were home last night. Okay. Yeah. Every road team is going to be playing Kanye music when Chris Paul touches the ball. For oh, I see what you're doing there. It's going to. Uh, I'm telling you, that's going to happen. Well, CP3's anyway. return was not enough to boost. The Phoenix Suns, as the Celtics blow them out, 125-98. They went 9-5 and without Chris Paul, 0-1 since his return. Whoops. <laughs> also last night, crazy finish where the Warriors had a one-point lead over the Jazz with about six or seven seconds left. The inbounds pass was not stolen. but Was, it was assaulted. Yeah, I think it was Jordan Poole got stripped. And uh, the Jazz make a layup pretty he much. He was stripped at the and then buzzer. beat with a hammer, it seems. Yeah, yeah. But no foul called. Nope. Jazz win 124, 123. What Where was that got? game again? That was in Utah. Oh, interesting. Yeah, a little home cooking there. Interesting. What do we got going on tonight? Only three games. The, uh, the Clippers, four and a half point dogs at Miami. The Rockets are two and a half point favorites on the road. Could only be playing the Spurs. 
And the final game on the card, the Nuggets, one-point favorites at the Trailblazers. Well, all the attention will be on Thursday night football tonight as we have the Raiders and the Rams kicking off week 14 in the NFL. Coming up on tomorrow's show, we'll do a full rundown of the Sunday slate in the NFL. We'll also talk Army-Navy, one of the best games, one of the best uh, traditions in sports, not just college football, you will ever have is Army-Navy. If you don't tear up at after the game when they sing the alma maters where the losing team, they go over there first, and then they go over to the winning squad, if you don't get emotional, you have no soul, AJ. Shit. <laughs> Come on. And you served. I did. You should, you should be more emotional. I think it's because typically my team uh, is singing the loser song. That's the... Uh... That's the downside of that thing. All right. Well, I, well, you also, you weren't an officer. I was not an officer. Yeah, so you didn't go to an academy. I did not, indeed, <laughs> did not go to an academy. Uh, I don't think RJ would make as much fun of my education as if I, if I went to a, a military academy. Yeah. Well, it's still, and also, if you've never taken, I, I would recommend in your life to take a trip and go I and visit the it. service academies. I want I wish that this game was still played on campus. Mm. Because I mean, obviously, it's great they can fit more fans when they play in Philly or in Baltimore. But it was on my bucket list to go to West Point for one of these games. Looks like that's never going to happen. I'll probably have to go watch Army play some other team. Well, they started to rotate it for a couple of years now. You know, different it's locations only big and stuff. Now. Yeah, but it's like MetLife Stadium. It'll be, I think, and then yeah, like they have at Lincoln Financial Field. Uh, How cool would it have been though in like a you know a, a thirty thousand seat. Yeah, stadium. Mikey Stadium. Oh, man. Yeah. But I, I would recommend going to visit the service academies once in your life. And just it's really cool. You go like if, if you go to West Point, there's on the on the roofs of all the buildings on the walls. It says it says, you know, go Army, sink Navy, you know, same thing. And then if you go to uh, Annapolis, you'll find banners all over the place that say beat Army. We I did uh, go to Colorado State's campus when I was in the Army. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were doing some training. Well, we were training some uh, cadets and got to go out there to the campus, which is a very cool experience. Uh, and how they do what they do at that elevation, mm. oof, oof, kudos. Yeah. See, I've never been there. Been to Annapolis, been to West Point, never been to uh, Colorado Springs. Have to check that out. But it is bowl season, and bowl season will begin after the Army-Navy game. Then it'll be the official start of bowl season. And if you go to pregame.com right now, you can sign up for free for our Bowl Bash contest. The top 10 places will win prizes. You got to pick 20 picks, sides and totals only, 20 pick minimum, 50 pick maximum. The best record, the best winning percentage is going to win. Again, top 10 places get paid. First place, $500 cash and $500 pregame bulk dollars. Second place, $250 cash and $250 pregame bulk dollars. And then third place, fourth place, fifth through tenth, all win uh, different amounts of bulk dollars at pregame.com. Just go to the website, click on contests, and find the bowl bash contest. And if you have not signed up for pregame.com, you got to hell. Because when you sign up, you get $25 free to spend. You don't have to enter any credit card information or nothing, you just sign up for the website, 
You are a member. You get 25 free bucks to spend at pregame.com. You can buy AJ's Got a College Basketball Package for tonight. I'll have an NHL package Ooh. as well. UFC pay-per-view this weekend. Oh, that's going to be exciting. Yeah, we'll talk uh, about that tomorrow. 100%. So jump on board with any of those at pregame.com. Again, if you haven't signed up, do yourself a favor and get your free $25. For AJ Hoffman, I'm Scott Seidenberg. We are straight out of Vegas. AM.